3: Beyond the Beauty is a production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Bobby Brown. Being an entrepreneur means that you just figure things out, you make things up, and you just keep going so what's amazing about courtney adelaide is here is someone that was a nurse and started this amazing company the main choice from a need of creating a moisturizer and hair products for herself she was having trouble finding a chemical free product for women of color and women love this product and all of a sudden her side hustle turned into a business where in six years she was a hundred million dollars in sales and that is from the comfort of her kitchen. There is no stopping this woman. She is just begun on this journey. I can only imagine what she's going to be in the next decade. How are you doing this morning? I am doing great. I am doing great. How about yourself? I'm, I'm doing great, too. And I, I want to start, first of all, saying that uh, you know it's been so cool knowing you and meeting you. And I want to tell everyone how we met. Because people cool. say, you know, during this pandemic, I can't meet anyone, you know, there's no networking. And I'm like, Yeah, ladies, guess what? We yes. were on we were on a panel and I just you were so <laughs> impressive that I reached out and said, Let's 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 hang. And we did. Yeah. We had a great who are you? Right, and a, right. Yeah. So
0: And that's the cool thing about it. I think, you know, it's you know they say sometimes the older you get, the more serious you get. So it's always so we, we try to stick to the, the right way to do things and what's not. But I, I think it was so cool that you even reached out and vice versa, because I think I said before we hung up the phone, like, please, ladies, just, just, just stay, stay in contact. And I think sometimes we think like, oh, you know, we don't necessarily have to do that. But like you said, it's very important. The networking is what you make of it. How do you network? And I think just taking that chance and say, let me just reach out and just to see. I think it's, I think it was priceless. And I really appreciate
3: that. And what's the worst that happens? They don't answer you exactly. back, right?
0: <laughs> exactly,
3: that's life. <laughs> First of all, let's go back to your story because it's just, it's unbelievable. You started this company with $500 in your kitchen. You were a nurse, you know, yes. had mo- had kids. Tell us your story.
0: Yes, I, you know, I, I would definitely say my business started out as a hobby. Um, it was a hobby that I felt like I was obligated to. And what do I mean when I say obligated to? I was very committed and um, putting myself out there just like I do now. And to see if there's people out there just trying to figure out this new thing that we call natural hair, going chemical free. And for me, I, my mom put chemicals in my hair when I was like 10. So now I'm dealing with this new texture, trying to go chemical free. And I'm like, surely I can't be the only person out here that's struggling. Um, and it just led to me becoming a resource to a community of women who were trying to figure out how to grow their hair healthy. And the crazy thing was the women, they looked all different. We were just trying to figure it out. Like, we don't want chemicals in our hair, what do we do? And when I started just mixing things spontaneously in my kitchen for myself, and the word got out, like Fortney hair is out here growing from chin lift to shoulder length and it's going down her back. What are you doing? What are you using? And I'm like, well, if you guys are interested, I'll share with you. But it was just something that I wanted to do for myself. I just wanted to take better care of my uh, care of myself. And that hobby turns into uh, to a demand of women saying, I don't want to mix anything like you do. Can you please just sell it to me? So that's when I'm like, okay, I'll give this thing a shot. And when I say five hundred dollars, that that part is impactful, because what that means is I didn't have a business plan. I didn't have a strategy. I literally was like, okay, ladies, you want it? Let me get some bottles and labels and you know, things of that nature and just you know, try to give you what you want, not thinking that this thing is going to take over a life on its own. And that's exactly what it did. It took on a life of its own.
3: So your hair care products, are they good for all hair? It's good for all hair. And I, we have some,
0: you know, I try to like specialize when it comes to different things. So we have another collection that, you know, we kind of crossed the aisles with this part, the peach black tea. And I purposely went a little bit lighter on that collection because I knew we were kind of crossing the aisles with that one. Um, but just amazing. And it's so crazy because again, I kind of, that was my reasoning, but even people who like heavy products, like, oh my God, that's that one, that, that's my favorite. So it's mm. really all, but I think you, uh, you would love that. Cool. Excellent.
3: How did you start getting orders? I went
0: at the time and I didn't have a website. I literally went on social media and I'm like, well, here's a product you guys have been asking about. If you want it, you know, I'll just send you like a PayPal invoice. Like it was so, so not traditional. You know what I mean? I didn't even have a website, but I'm like, I figured out this PayPal. I could send you an invoice. You pay the invoice. I'll ship it out to you. And that's how I started. Because some people are like, well, a website costs more than five hundred dollars. I'm
3: like, exactly. I didn't have a website. Mm. <laughs> how long did it take you to get a website? Oh, not too long. You know, not too long. It 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 started to grow.
0: I, I remember I got my first order, and I was like, ooh, I got a I got an order. And then the next day, like two orders, and those two orders went to ten. And I'm like, shoot, I'm big time now. I got ten orders that's coming through. So I would definitely say within like a like some months, like six months. I'm like, okay. I've always believed in taking every dime that I had, every sale, because you can't say every sale is a profit, but it was a sale. And I was a firm believer on taking every dime that I got through those sales and investing it back into my company. So I was able to, to take on a grow as you grow um, approach with my company. So you, you didn't take any investors? I didn't. I just took every dime that, I, that someone sent me for a product and order
3: more supplies, order more bottles, order more labels, order more ingredients. And in six years, you did a hundred million in sales. Is that accurate? I did, oh my Yes, God. that's accurate. <laughs> that is that is I don't know anyone. I don't know any <laughs> other company. Like how did your audience, was it YouTube? Like what was your, you know And that was the thing. So I I couldn't even stay on YouTube as long as I wanted
0: because like the demands of the business took over. So I, would, I, I was probably on YouTube more prior to the company versus after. So people are like, what happened to that girl that was giving us all the information and the resources? And it's funny because I get the comments like, oh my God, you were that girl that was giving us those resources. I figured like you disappeared, but I didn't even know you was like the owner of the company, of this company, you know? So yeah, I just had to like go into hibernation and my focus was always ever since then to, to this day get that order in and get give that customer their order. Like that has been like by any means necessary. Like if she ordered exceed her expectations, him or her their expectations and, and get it to them ASAP.
3: You know, make sure they're happy. You had one SKU, One product. One skew. One product. Now when you you got you've been in retail also, right? I went into retail year four. Okay. So the
0: first three years uh, of business, uh, I,
3: I was at home. I was in my kitchen. Yeah. Now they call it DTC. <laughs> right. <laughs> Direct to consumer. Oh, yes. I'm a right. DTC brand. Yeah. Now they have right. all, now they have all the terms before we knew what we were doing. Right. We just
0: called it a kitchen at home. Yeah. <laughs> we just did it. <laughs> you literally just do it. People are like what? Just do it. Just That's do it. Truth. And if
3: and keep doing it. And if something doesn't work, do something else. That's it. That's yeah. the golden rule. And then uh, year four, what store, what was your first retail partner?
0: My very first retail partner uh, was Sally Beauty. Mm-hmm. Was Sally Beauty. And I was like nervous out of my mind because at this point I was actually scaling my collection and going into retail at the same time. So basically it's like now I'm going to retail with like all, almost all new products, which was like scary to do, super scary to do.
3: How did you even, like, get a meeting with them?
0: Oh, how did I get a meeting with them? I wound up going to Cosmoprof one year. Like, I remember someone in the industry was like, Courtney, if you're in this, like, beauty space, like, you have to go, like, to Cosmoprof. Like, you don't have to even go and set up as a vendor. She's like, just go. And just, like, walk around and just get a feel. And I remember walking, walking through the show, you know, kind of have my baseball cap on, just walking. in. I remember this guy was like, Courtney, Courtney, Courtney called my name. And he's like, I'm a distributor. He's like, I've been trying to contact you forever. And I'm like, really? I'm like, I've been trying to get in the store forever. Meanwhile, you've been trying to contact me. <laughs> so it's it just going to show you, sometimes you just got to put yourself out there. And like she said, she was like, you don't have to be like a vendor or set up. She was like, just go and be in that space. Be in that space of, uh, of entrepreneurs in that space of distributors and manufacturers just go. And it was life-changing.
3: And how many stores is the brand in now? How many doors?
0: Uh, year seven, we broke it into over 60,000 doors. I would uh, probably say now, we're probably at a good uh, 70,000 across the U.S. How many years did it take for you to move into an office? Uh, until I, when I went to retail, that's when I decided to get a warehouse. Uh, I got my first warehouse after year four. I did about a good $10 million in sales at home. So like the first three years, I think collectively, maybe we did like $10 million in sales, but I had three SKUs at that time. When I decided to branch off and do more, that's when I decided to get a warehouse. And I basically went from my kitchen to a warehouse. And I remember looking at warehouses and I came across a warehouse that was like 5,000 square footage. And I remember saying like, oh my God, this is too much room. Like I would never fill this thing up. Like it's going to be a long time. Within six months, we outgrew that warehouse and I had to get a 10,000 square footage warehouse. And I'm like, okay, we're going to be here. You know, I'm going to sign this lease five years. I know I'm going to be here five years. The next year we outgrew that 10,000 square footage. So things can scale pretty
3: pretty quickly. (laughs) But you had a warehouse, but who was the one that packed it and sent it out? Like you had to hire staff. Yeah.
0: Yes. I started hiring. I had to become a making products at home person for myself to get in a warehouse to now having to logistically operate. Because, of course, you know, in retail, shipping is a whole nother beast. Like the business side of retail is one thing, but the shipping part, it's something I think you're kind of forced into either you are good at it or you're not, or you have like a third party, but we we ship ourselves and you know, you get graded in retail. We've always had an A plus uh, shipping since the day we started and they were like, well, who did you hire to come in? And I'm like, nobody, like I did. I just gather a team of people who I felt were competent and not only competent, but even more passionate about once again, getting this order to the consumer in the quickest way, the most efficient way to keep them satisfied.
3: Well, there must've been, that was, that was it. Yeah. And there must've been a time where you said, okay, I can't keep making this stuff in my kitchen. I got to make dinner. Like how did you feed your family? You have three kids, two kids, how many kids?
0: Three, three kids. You
3: you got three kids, your, your boxes and your things are all over the house. Your pot's going on the stove with hair stuff in it. And how'd you feed the kids? How'd you do this? (laughs)
0: So before I went into retail, when I started expanding out of my three products, that's when I decided to seek out a manufacturer. Cause I knew at this point, if you're trying to grow, there's no way there, you don't have enough kitchen aids in your house to mix this stuff, which I had like 10. And I'm like, I can't buy another KitchenAid, like that's it. I'm like, let me find somebody who can make this stuff, team up with a, um, a manufacturing company who can see the vision. And when I say see the vision, meaning, that I'm not going to jeopardize my product because of a cost, because of anything. Like, I need this product made the exact same way that I make it at home. And that was something that was really big for me.
3: So how did you find them? I Google. Yeah. Google.
0: I Google. I tested. I interviewed. And I think at the end of the day, it's about finding somebody, not just someone who's good, because I think there's a lot of people out there who are good, but who do I mesh with? Like I have a certain kind of personality. I can create something like quick, like let's start working on this. And I think that was one of my challenges. It was finding someone who can see my vision. And that, I think that was like the hardest part. But once I did and like, you know, this this person's an entrepreneur, like she doesn't operate like a normal, you know, planning and strategy. Next year we're gonna do five products. I'm like, I may decide to do another product next month. And I need someone who can, you know, kind of keep up with that, with that, uh, those core values.
1: It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to Nick's sleek-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try.
0: Year, year seven uh last
3: year, uh, November nineteenth and did that change your life? It did. It changed
0: my life in so many ways. Um, you know it it went from again being a person, making products at home to you know, I think entrepreneurship, you're kind of forced into being like a CEO. and I think a lot of times people don't really understand what a CEO means. It doesn't mean ownership, it doesn't mean you know, you're not calling the shots or if you are calling the shots, but at some point you're forced to becoming a CEO. And then it's like, what's the next step? What's the next level? How do I continue to diversify, to grow, you know, myself, to grow, you know, my ideas and being a CEO of, of one company, one brand, it just, it, I think you kind of outgrow that when you know, you have a lot more to like offer uh so for me it it changed my life in many ways from a from a just a responsibility you know there's more things i want to do now how do i how do I have the ability to do that bringing on more people bringing on more high level people who have done things uh on a higher level than what you're able to do so but of course from a financial perspective, that was great, but also just even you know growing myself as a um a multi brand um I don't even want to say beauty mogul. I would just say business because there's so many things out there that I want to do. There's so many businesses I want to help
3: and just sitting at one desk. I think it was, it was really impossible for me to do. And were you out seeking someone or did they just come to you? Like, how did you find them? You know, to be honest, I really wasn't. I think, you know, it's kind of almost
0: like you operating and then I kind of came to the point point. I was like, Hmm, we talking, we, you know, we, we're kind of hearing about, you know, evaluation. And of course, the more shows we watch, the Shark Tank and we watch these things, I'm like, I wonder what is my company worth? And I think I went to, I went from what is my company worth to like, oh my God, I didn't know it's worth this. And, you know, just really looking at what are your plans? And sometimes they said, you have to begin with the end in mind, but that's true. But then at the end of the day, it's like, what do your goals look like? You know, so I can't say I was really seeking to be acquired because I really wasn't. It was really more of what is it worth? What have I been doing these last seven years? Where does that put me right now? And then it's also you grow to a point where it's like, okay, to get to that next level, that means I have to spend a lot to get there. And sometimes that a lot spending means bringing on investors, bringing on new partners. And then I have to say, okay, let me take a step back. Do I really want partners? You know what I mean? Do I really want that? And what does that look like in the future? And the more I think I really started digging, because, you know, you kind of open up something, now you have to be forced to like really dig and figure it out. I'm like, I don't know. Do I want to split in 10 years now times six ways? Or today, do I want to split it times one? You know, and you have to look at those numbers and you have to really think like, what does it mean for me and where I am in my life right now? And I think that was a big aha moment. It was like, okay, you know what the next level looked like. I don't think I can get to that next level by myself. So now it's at the point, okay, what does an investor look like? And do I need an investor or do I need to add on a a
3: partner to really grow it to that next level? So I think basically it's kind of how I started. I see so many similarities in your story and my story. I never went to business school. I certainly didn't know what a spreadsheet was. I still don't. But I figured things out, right? I figured it out. I learned on the job. And you, you know, but I also think back of my Papa Sam. And I used to hear him talking about business and his car dealership and his customers and how he treated them and, you know, all the different things. Who has made a difference in your life? Like, who do you... You know, who who has really been in your brain while you're doing what you're doing?
0: Um, You know, I, I have to be very transparent from a business perspective. I think I more or less look at the people who have done it before me. And I look at, I listen to people. And I think, you know, sometimes we hear these podcasts, we listen to them, but do we really digest them? You know what I mean? And how can, again, even someone listening to this, It's much more than me listening to it. How can I take some of these things that I'm hearing and digest it and make some decisions in my life? And I think that's some of the things that I've done. I looked at the brands before me. I looked at the ones who are what we consider now legacy brands. And I looked at the ones who went through acquisitions. I look at people. I look at you. You know what I mean? And I look at that like, how can I apply that to my life right now? And I look at when, they, when when people talk about not only the pros, but the cons. And people say, well, well I had to do it like this, and I shouldn't have. So I take those, I take those things and I apply it. I remember hearing uh, Lisa from Care's daughter, She was telling me what that means. I, was on a, I think we were on a panel together at the time. And she was saying what that means when she get in investors. And that one day when you, when you look into sell, how many ways you have to split it? You know what I mean? And I look at that. I'm not just listening to her. I'm letting that digest. You know what I mean? So I I, think it's more or less like looking at the greats that came before me and seeing how can I apply that. And I think those have been like really impactful from a business perspective because we don't always have the luxury to sitting down talking with them one-on-one, can you mentor me? But I think when someone hits the stage, someone like yourself getting on a podcast, that is a mentorship. So what are you doing with the information? Like You're not doing this just to talk. You're doing this because you're like, I've been through this, ladies. I've been through this, guys. And these are the pros and these are the cons. So I really listen and I let it digest.
3: (laughs) I'm in awe of not only what you've done with that company, but what you're doing now. So can we talk about some of your other ventures?
0: Yes, yes, we can. So
3: when I created
0: the main choice, I also created a brand, a company that's called Opaly. It's a branch of my children, three children's names. And I I felt even at that time, you know, you can have a vision and just because you have a vision, that doesn't necessarily mean you're acting upon that vision like today. And this is a vision that I created seven years ago at the exact same time I made the main choice. I said, you know, I wanted to create like this mother brand, like this holding brand that I am creating sub brands underneath from food to detergent to services. I don't care what it is. And not only do I want to create more brands for myself, I want to invest in, I'm going to say people as a whole, but everyone knows I'm very passionate about women. I want to be able to invest in women who are trying to figure out they got it, you know, they got the good idea, they may not have the resources and they just trying. And it's like, how can I create like this safe place? And this is something I did seven years ago. Oglee has not been active for seven years until I went through the acquisition. So today what I'm doing with that is, again, I want to invest in, in new brands. I want to invest in brands who have been established and it's like, I need to scale. I just need some extra resources. I want to have this portfolio of just multiple, a group of diverse brands. And that's just something I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about growing brands, but I'm more passionate about growing people who are trying to grow themselves and just need a little help.
3: Hmm. Okay, I I definitely would love to have a conversation with you on on that cuz that's really awesome. And then the Thank cool you. coffee click. Mm-hmm. What tell me about that?
0: So the cool coffee click is going to be, and I say you have to speak it to an existence, but just a revolution in the uh hot beverage uh industry. It's about taking something I think that brings us all together. There are some powerful things, and I think we've proven that just having these conversations in the morning. There are some powerful things, conversations that can go on just having a cup of coffee, and that's like the the meat of the brand is much more than just another coffee brand, but it's a community. It's a community. We build in a community of like-minded individuals who are trying this thing at life and just want to come together and just pour into one another. So. I would definitely say it's a community-based coffee brand, but you know, my phase 2, phase 3, I would love to turn into a brick and mortar. Phase 3, I would love to turn into a franchise so people who are interested in starting a business can can, you know, can buy into an amazing concept that's already uh, that has been proven. So, it's a lot. It's a lot.
3: <laughs> well, I I can't I can't even get all this stuff straight because I I see like a bunch of other really interesting companies here from foolproof body to the entire boss talk which is your podcast your competition show and your conference yes. I, I don't know how you do this that's that's gonna <laughs> be either. for a, yeah <laughs> so tell me about those because those you know really should take up the whole hour but tell it, us a little yes bit about that.
0: yes and you know i'll even you know people have been asking me because everybody knows that i'm rebranding uh foolproof And I really haven't spilled the beans on what exactly, what is it? So I really don't even mind sharing today. I think I share, I think that'd be cool to share it because they ask me every day, what are you doing with it? What else? You say you're bringing some more, but it's actually going to be uh, a feminine hygiene collection. So it's more of a health and wellness. So anything that's related to the female body is what we're going to be expanding that brand with, from sanitary napkins to feminine wash, feminine hygiene, anything that falls
3: under that umbrella, uh, we will house under both for body, because it's also a weight loss supplements. Yes, so now that would be just a piece of the right. of the overall brand for both. And then talk about, and I don't even know if I'm saying it right. Is it boss? Yes. So the boss. Boss. Who the ah, f-
0: yes. see? So like it's a, like we're bosses, but you right. know we're gonna take off the OSS because it's a lot more than just being supervision over someone. Um, it's a lifestyle, and I think it you don't have to be a boss to own a company, I think people can be a boss over their household. How do you run your household? You know what I mean? How do you run your life, your career, your family? And that's what the boss is all about. And it went from, you know, a platform to a conference. To today, I have a conversation with a network, you know, turning into a television, uh, a television show. So
3: uh, it's, it's definitely taken on a life of its own. <laughs> wow. Wow. And it sounds like the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Your daughter is the youngest CEO to yes. tell Target. Tell me about tell me about her company.
0: Yes. So my daughter creates hair bowl. She has all things girly. You know, she just recorded her first single. She's six years old. I have two other children and a lot wait, of wait, wait, wait. she's
3: six years old. She's six. She's six. <laughs> <laughs> she's six years old and she's the CEO she, of her own company.
0: Yes. Yes.
3: <laughs> she is like a little me
0: as an adult. Not me as little Courtney, but
3: she's wow. just, she's, she's been
0: here before. A lot of people say She's wow. been here before.
3: <laughs> and, and how do you manage your life with your husband? I mean, he's a doctor. Yes. Is yes. he, is practicing? he he's still practicing? No, no. no, he's not. No, he's he, not. He's,
0: no, it's, it's been a while. I think after year two in business, I think we decided that, you know, it, it was probably best that he stay home full time um, because, listen, I travel a lot. So and how old pandemic, are your kids?
3: And how old my are the kids?
0: The kids are six, eight, and thirteen.
3: Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I have a I don't get it. Have a try. <laughs> oh my God. Amazing. No, amazing. I mean, there's so I can literally, I'm just so glad I've got you on speed dial. I could talk to you forever. If I ever feel <laughs> overwhelmed that I'm doing too much, I know who I am calling. But um no. Geez, I'm not even going to ask you the same question that I ask so many people about like, what does being an entrepreneur mean to you? Because I'm not asking you that question. It's just what you
1: live.
2: perfect home sweet home
3: I do ask everyone because this podcast is called beyond the beauty and I just want to know like what does beauty mean to you beauty means to me um
0: I'm going to say joy joy and happiness I don't like to use the word happiness because I think that can change daily but I would say joy. When you're at peace, when you're satisfied, when you think you're enough and you really don't care because at the end of the day, what's on the outside is an opinion and you're really at the point in your life where you don't care. To me, that's beauty. That's beauty. I'm confident. I'm happy in me. It doesn't matter what someone on the outside tries to come. And you know, and to to give to you because I think that's what people do—they try to give you their opinions and their judgments. But at the end of the day, if you're content and you're happy with you, that's that's the true beauty.
3: That's true beauty. Uh, amen, <laughs> amen. So, what's your daily skincare and makeup routine? You always look put together. I never see you without without a face on. Oh, thank
0: you. I, really, really, I do. Yeah. <laughs> These days, especially in this pandemic. Um. It's about, I'm really big on um, and treating the inside because I think the outside is just reflection of that. Um, so I try my best to stay as healthy as I can. Of course, again, during this pandemic, it's been challenging. We are dealing with these extra weight and pounds, but I would definitely say I try my best to drink as much water as I, as I can. That was something that I really had to force myself to do. And I'm proud to say because I tell people, just because you don't like something, what does that mean? I can't say I was a big water uh, person who loved it, but knowing that I'm a person who know the benefits of it, it's automatic. You're going to do these things that's going to that's help you. And I like to say that because I don't want people to think just because you're doing something, you may not necessarily enjoy the exercise. You may not enjoy the water. But to me, the benefits, tru- it, it, it trumps that any day. So I just try to do the things that I know I'm supposed to do just to, again, make the outside just as
3: beautiful and healthy uh, on the inside. And what are your bad beauty habits or bad habits that get in the way of your beauty?
0: I would say my bad habits is I have the type of skin where I have to cleanse it at at a minimum of twice a day, at a minimum, if I want to make sure that it's healthy. And that may not be for everybody, but I know myself. And I think sometimes, especially when I'm not wearing makeup, it's easy for me to kind of fall into like, did you do your skincare at night? And I'm like, I know I should. I have that kind of skin that if I don't, it's going to show. And I think sometimes wearing makeup, I kind of like it because it forces me to kind of like, you know, really treat my skin. But I definitely think it's really going the extra mile in the, in the skincare department. That is something I'm like, okay, let me, let me step that up. I have to do a lot better than that. So
3: and do you have one product that you can't live without? One product that I can't live without, I would say is uh, the main metabolism of
0: vitamins uh, that I created. Um, because it's much more than a hair vitamin. And I try to tell people from a health perspective, if you look at it, there's really no such thing as a hair vitamin. Or that if you're getting benefits from a vitamin, that means your body needed it. So if you're taking a skin vitamin, no matter matter what it is, what if you're getting those benefits, that means there was some kind of either deficiency or you just needed more of it. So I think that's something that I I try my best to do all the time, whether I'm trying to grow my hair or not, it's something that's good for the body as a whole.
3: I like that. So, Courtney, I could talk to you forever and I'm going to text you because I have some things on my head that I need to ask you, but where could people that are listening find you, learn more, you know, everything? Where's the best?
0: I would definitely say CourtneyAdelae.com. I try to house everything that I'm working on there, all of the brands. Um, so even some of the more fun things and, you know, uh, networking things would definitely be housed on my personal
3: website. And I think that's like a
0: uh, a, a leeway to all the other things that I'm working on. So CourtneyAdelae.com is where they can find me.
3: Well, I I am so glad you were on this podcast. I'm very honored. I think you are something else, and I can't wait to actually. I feel like I know you, but I want to just hug you. <laughs> so I can't wait to see you in person.
0: Thank you, and thank you so much for this. You have no idea. My team always say, Courtney, what makes you excited? Oh. This made me so excited. I'm honored, like literally honored. I was like telling everybody, yeah, I'm friends with Bobby Brown now. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much. This is well worth it and, and, oh. and well
3: needed. So thank you for yeah. including me in this. All right. Thanks so much. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
2: This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With Bo Grease,